Welcome to The Point Podcast. At The Point, we point high school students to Jesus because we believe that Jesus is better than anything else that this world has to offer. We hope that this podcast is an encouragement to you in your walk with Christ, but that it does not replace the time you're already spending with the Lord. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our awesome high school youth pastor, my husband, Justin Kinley. Hey, what's up, students? Happy Saturday, and man, so excited to walk with you through 2 Kings 13 today because, man, I think this is so cool. When we read books of the Bible like this that maybe we know a little bit about but we're not crazy familiar with, there are certain passages that we never knew were there that just, man, hit us and are just beautiful, and I think this is one of those chapters. So this is a great episode to share with someone if you're listening to this because I think this is awesome. So I'm going to read more scripture than we normally read, but I hope you read this on your own. Maybe have a Bible to follow along with me or or read it on your own and then press play on this again. And uh, let's walk through it together. But this is talking about Jehoaz reigning in Israel. Okay, so the Bible says in verse 1, In the 23rd year of Joash, the son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, Jehoaz, the son of Jehu, began to reign over Israel in Samaria. And he reigned 17 years. So this is the son of Jehu who wiped out all the prophets and prophetesses of Baal, right? And the descendants of Ahab. That was Jehu. He was a, a pretty good king, right? Didn't do everything right, but a pretty good king. The Bible says he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and followed the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin and he did not depart from them. So if you remember all the way back to first Kings, when the kingdom divides, Jeroboam reigns in the north in Israel. Israel's in the north, Judah's in the south, and Jerusalem is in Judah. And so Jeroboam is reigning in the north. And he's like, look, all of our people are going to go to Jerusalem to worship. And so he sets up these golden calves in Bethel and in Dan for the people to go to worship there instead of going to Jerusalem. So that's the sin of Jeroboam. So this guy continues in that. That's what basically is happening. Look at verse 3. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he gave them continually into the hand of Hazael, king of Syria, and into the hand of Benadad, the son of Hazael. And so here's what God is doing. If you remember this back in 1 Kings, God basically tell Solomon, look, if you obey God and walk in the covenant, it's going to go pretty well for you. But if you don't, you're going to face hardship. You're going to face calamity. You're going to be in strife with other countries and nations. That's what's happening here. Because of their sin, God is allowing them to basically be in constant strife with Syria and these other places. And so God is trying to get his people's attention, right? So what verse four says, then Jehoaz sought the favor of the Lord and the Lord listened to him. This is so good. And the Lord listened to him for he saw the oppression of Israel and how the king of Syria oppressed them. So they've not been doing the right things, right? But but Jehoaz, he seeks the Lord and the Lord sees their oppression and he's allowing them to go into and the Lord listens to him. Now, first off, we just need to be amazed that God listens to his people. That God listens to this sinful king who's leading people away, leading people in sin. That God listens to them and he hears their cry and he does something about it. Like, like that in and of itself is amazing. It is incredible. The, the fact that you and I listen to this are recipients of that same good news, that we were sinful people and yet Jesus heard our cry. He listens to us. That's amazing. And look at what God does. This is where I was reading this and I've never known this verse was here and this just floored me and I think it's so good. Verse five says, therefore, and this is set in parentheses. So it's like the author of second Kings is kind of putting this in parenthetically and listen to what he says. Therefore, the Lord gave Israel a savior. He gave Israel a savior so that they escaped from the hands of the Syrians and the people of Israel lived in their homes as formerly. What what happens? Jehoaz cries out to the Lord and God gives them a savior. 
He brings them a savior to deliver them from the hands of the Syria. And what's crazy is we don't know this guy's name. Like we don't hear about his name. The Bible doesn't give us a description, doesn't say anything about it. It just says that God gave his people a savior to deliver them from the hands of Syria. But here's what's crazy. Look what the Bible says. It says, nevertheless, they did not depart from the sins of the house of Jeroboam, which he made Israel to sin, but he walked in them and the Asherah remained in Syria. And so what, what happens? God sends his people a savior and yet they continue to walk in rebellion. Is that not crazy? Right? They literally, God hears the cry of his people, hears their cry for mercy. He sees their oppression. The Bible says he sends them a savior. We don't know his name, but he sends them a savior who delivers them from the hands of Assyria, but yet the people will still continue to worship other gods. The fact that God does not just wipe out his people astounds me, right? It amazes me. But here's the question that I think this text demands us and begs us to ask is, you know, we're not like, we don't know the Savior's name here, but guess what? We do know Jesus' name, right? That God did not abandon us in our sin. He did not leave us in our sin, but he saved us. He saw us under oppression and he sent a Savior, his son named Jesus to redeem us, to save us and to purchase us back. That's amazing, right? It's amazing, amazing, amazing. But yet, how many times we see the goodness of the gospel? How many times are we reminded of the cross? How many times are we reminded of all these things? And yet we continue to walk in our own ways. We continue to pursue our own thoughts. We continue to pursue our own desires and all these things. And we're in view of the goodness of our savior. We're in view of the goodness of the gospel, but yet we continue to walk away. So I think if we were honest, we are more like the people of Israel here than we would choose to admit. And we so often struggle with, with continually following the Savior that, G, that God has sent for us in Jesus. But I'm just reminded so much here that, that God acts because he's merciful. And God acts because he's compassionate. And God is gracious and slow to anger and abounding in love. And he has sent us a Savior. And even though I don't follow him perfectly all the time, if my faith and if my trust is in Christ, and what that means is the Bible says that I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ. That the God that looks at me as righteous, not because of what I do, not because of what you do, not because of my church attendance, not because of how good I am or because I preach sermons or do podcasts or any of that, but I'm right because of what Jesus has done for me. And we have a good Savior whose name is Jesus. And so I love here that we have an unnamed savior, right? And we don't know who it is, but he saves the people from Syria and how that parallels against the fact that our savior is not unnamed. Our savior is not unknown. Our savior is Jesus. And so let's don't be like the people of Israel here who are saved and yet continue to sin and continue to follow the sins of Rehoboam. Let's see our savior and let's follow him. Let's see our savior and let's worship him and pursue him only. Hope that challenges you. Hope that encourages you. That encourages the mess out of me to see the gospel in 2 Kings. I think it's incredible. And we'll continue walking through chapter 12 tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. The Point is a ministry of First Baptist Church Indian Trail for high school students. We offer life groups every Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And we meet on Wednesday nights at 6.15. For more information, you can go to our church's website at fbcit.org.